Assalamu alaikum guys, welcome to episode 2 of the Ramadan lockdown series If you haven't listened to episode 1, please make sure you do uh, But yeah, the group chat is back As you can see, our first episode we're recording So you're seeing my face, you're seeing our guest's face And uh, let me introduce our guest We've got, <laughs> we've got Wasim with us from Human Relief Foundation uh, just quickly introduce yourself, my brother. Assalamu alaikum, bro. First uh, and foremost, thanks for uh, inviting me to, no, no, to talk to look, you. Thank uh, you for coming on. And uh, secondly, Ramadan Mubarak to, to you and to everybody else that's uh, watching this. And uh, I don't know what you're, what you're going to get out of me, but there's whatever I can give you, let's go, bro. So, so what we're going to try to get out is um, fundraising and how to fundraise. Uh, obviously, during the month of Ramadan, I've seen numerous campaigns. Alhamdulillah, I've, I've seen people raise amazing, amazing amounts as well. Um, and maybe some other people are looking at this and thinking, I want to get involved, but they don't know yeah. how to, or maybe they don't yeah. have the confidence to. Um, yeah. So if we start with that, if we start with, how did you get into fundraising? <laughs> okay well um let's put it like this my previous job that i used to do my actual background is is yeah. from running nightclubs believe it or not that shocks a lot of people when i when i tell them this the the my actual story yeah. but the reason that i'm telling you that is because you can imagine coming from that scene into this one is a very scary process and it might not sound like it but you know for somebody that's only lived that life coming into this fundraising world this charity world that then goes hand in hand with our religion as well mm -hmm. and so much you know that's involved within the religion it was a really really scary step and the reason i'm mentioning it is because at first i didn't think that i'd be able to do it and that's very important because people that are watching this might feel the same way. Do you know what I mean? But look, yeah. look this is my is point. It, is, it, is it, what was it, like a lack of confidence or? It wasn't a lack of confidence. It's just um, my life. Like I was living this street life. I was yeah. in the nightclubs. And then the charity scene has all of these Islamic events and it has nasheed yeah. artists and it has quotes from the Quran and from the Hadith and all of these sorts of things and it was like yeah. a whole different world do you know what i mean it comes as a package mm. and it's a whole different world so for me it was like am i good enough let's be honest this is what i was thinking firstly am i good enough or secondly can i even show my face in that scene how would people respond to mm. to someone like me trying to fundraise do you know what i mean so yeah. it was um that was the scary part I'd say it was more about it's it's a totally different world that I'm about to step into. And the way that I stepped into it was a total accident, by the way, because of those reasons, I didn't want to do it. Mm. When um, the Syrian conflict um, started back in sort of 2011, uh, 2012, 2013, this sort of time, I started getting phone calls from people, from charities in particular. Yeah. And what they wanted from me was uh, manpower because, okay, I didn't have no experience in fundraising. I couldn't do speeches or whatever. But I was a person that could make a phone call and get 50 guys together. Mm. So they were like, look, we need to fill containers. We need uh, help in call centers. We, um, we do this and we do that. And, you know, all the wonderful things that charities do. And uh, we need your help. We just need you to bring a whole bunch of guys through for the, for the physical labor. Okay, no problem. Went, started helping out. And as a thank you, what this one charity did was they invited me to uh, one of their charity dinners. You know, where they invite uh, Nasheed artists and speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put me on this table right at the front. You know what I mean? And um, it was just a way of saying, you know, thanks for your help. Uh, I thought it was really nice. You know, we mm. eat together and stuff. There's entertainment. Now, this is where it all went wrong. Um, the host and the fundraiser didn't turn up for the event. Right. So the head of the charity is standing at the front with a microphone in his hand, looking around, and he's just sweating. <laughs> and then he just locks eyes with me, yeah? 
And he comes over and gives me the microphone. And at this point, the event's ready to start. So the whole of the crowd is watching. And he comes over and he gives me the microphone and he says, you got to do it. <laughs> me? He Maybe. says, you got to do it. And literally it happened like this. He says, you've got to do it. And I says, but I've got no experience. He goes, yeah, but you got a big mouth. Haven't you? Yeah. So go and use it. <laughs> you know how to talk. Just go and do that. Bro, that event was, at the time, there was, Gaza was being attacked. And the event was for Palestine. You can imagine the turnout. There, yeah. It was, every seat was taken. There's a thousand eyes on me. And I get up and I just went for it. And I was just I myself. I can imagine. <laughs> because all, all, all I know how to be is myself. Uh, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And um, so I did... I spoke from the heart and whenever I do my thing, it comes with a bit of humor as well. Yeah. So people were laughing, but they were also getting the message that they were supposed to get. And then I did mm. the fundraiser. I remember on the night, Alhamdulillah, we raised about 110,000 pounds. Wow. Which for, which, for, which for a charity dinner, uh, if you've been to charity dinners, that's a lot. Yeah. So this is what happened. Other charities mm. were in attendance and I got about five job offers, bro, wow. after doing this thing. <laughs> and they were like, you know what? You, you can talk, you know, people listen. Uh, and I says, nah, that's not my scene. That's not my thing, you know. Uh, and I went and I started doing something else. But then uh, a few things happened in my life. I'll wrap this up. We'll get to yeah. that. A few things happened in my life. I sat, I made sincere dua. And I says, ya Allah, you know what? I've quit the club. I've quit everything. I've left it behind. What I'm destined to do, you know, to be a part of your plan, mm. this is the time. Do you know what? Yeah. And I think yeah. it was the most sincere that I've ever made in my life. And my, and my and phone rang. <laughs> and it was Human Relief Foundation. And it wow. says, listen, do you want to reconsider? And I took it as a sign. And I'm big on signs. Yeah. You, you probably yeah. know I'm big on signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time with me. That was my sign. Alhamdulillah, seven years later, here we are. SubhanAllah. And what you mentioned is, um, Alhamdulillah, I've had the pleasure to go on a deployment with yourself. We went out to Jordan uh, and that's where we first met. And Alhamdulillah, Inshallah, we'll know each other for a long time. And because your background and your journey is so, is so amazing, um, Inshallah, maybe after the Ramadan, we could do a full episode and we can talk at length, Inshallah. Um, Let's do it. So, Whenever. I'm yeah. down. So, uh, someone's, you know, gone over that barrier of, am I worthy enough? Uh, and they decide, you know what, let me, let me fundraise. I've seen others do it. I want to do it too. Um, how do you start off? Because I, I think, okay, you have to pick a cause, but is the, the intention is surely first, right? And what is your intention definitely, when you definitely when you go into fundraisers? Intention is everything. What is intention? Intention is everything, bro. That's what intention is. And then, you know, that fear that I had that we spoke about of, of, want, of, of coming into this scene. Yeah. What dealt with that fear was my intention. Mm. The intention was the cure. Because that same sincere the war that I was making, that same sincere intention that I had where I've left, I've left a job that's making me so much money. When you're leaving that behind and you're coming into something on minimum wage... Believe me, it's for the intention. <laughs> it's, 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 there's nothing else involved in it. You're not getting anything from it. So uh, because I wanted it to change so bad, that really helped with my intention and that became my only intention. So I guess I was lucky because I came into this with nothing but an intention. So there was nothing to to corrupt my intention. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was... That was strong. And so I, 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 guess, I guess the reason why I ask this is because a lot of people might see fundraising as the in thing during Ramadan, right? Everyone's doing the fundraising. Uh, the, the popular people are doing the fundraising. You know, if you have the intentions wrong, it could be seen as you're doing this to gain popularity or to gain people's admiration. So it's, it's, it's that thing. How do you protect yourself from that? Is, is, is kind of the question because you, you've been part of fundraisers that have raised alhamdulillah millions right and, and you must you, know, you get praise you know in abundance that is different to 
what we've seen on social media. How do you deal with that? We, we've done nothing. You know, mm. the, the milkman, when he delivers the milk in the morning, mm. he doesn't stand there and celebrate. Mm. The postman, Mario Balotelli. Post- yeah, but Mario Balotelli you know was. <laughs> yeah. What? Mario Balotelli. Mario Balotelli. He, he, someone said, um, why do you not celebrate when you score goals? And he said, literally, does a postman celebrate when he delivers post? He must have heard one of my talks, bro. What can I say? But yeah, the milkman, the postman, mm. it applies to whoever. Me, he actually came from uh, one of my teachers uh, early on. And uh, he says to me that, look, when, when you're in this scene now, yeah, mm. and look, this person doesn't celebrate when they do their job. And this other person doesn't celebrate when they do their job. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you're in the charity scene and you're getting all of these blessings or something. You're only doing your job. That's all mm. that you're doing. You're not a savior. You're not a superman. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was really humbling to hear that. You need to hear stuff like that. Mm. So I'm so glad for that teacher as well, because this was right at the start. So I went in, into it with the, with that intention. And um, I realized very, very quick that I'm just a part of Allah's mercy on earth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're, a, we're mm. an instrument of that. So I was, it was an honor rather than a, a celebration or letting it corrupt my... I'm thankful to just still be a part of it. I'm thankful yeah. to spend another day in it, another week in it, another year mm. in it. Because this now has become my life. I want to do this for the rest of my life. And our mm. reward, working in the scene, comes at the end of the week in the form of a paycheck. Let's not forget that. Mm. But volunteers like yourself and everybody else, like you said, in Ramadan, setting up pages and doing whatever that they're doing, you guys are doing it as a volunteer. You're doing it off your, you know, for, for your, you're doing it yourself. Um, uh, you're not getting anything else out of it apart from, you know, the good deeds, I guess. And for us, the way to combat that, we're getting paid at the end of the week. We have to go even harder because that's where our charity is. When we're just doing our job, it's our job. I have to then make extra sacrifices. I have to then do overtime because that then becomes my charity. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, when yeah. you're in the scene, I believe that if you want this to count as good deeds and you want this to count as, you know, sacrifice, then you not just have to do your job, but you have to go above and mm. beyond as well. Um, so that's my way of, of that's my way of keeping myself humble. And yeah. when you keep yourself humble, then yeah. you're focused. And, and, and one thing that I noticed, uh, we're getting slightly sidetracked, but when we were in Jordan and when we were, say we were delivering food packs or money, you would say, we are delivering your right by Allah. And we're that's, just, that's, you know, we're just... That's, a, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's exactly uh, what it is. Like, how foolish would you have to be to, to firstly be given the blessing to to do a job like this and to go into a situation like that and like I said to be a part of Allah's mercy and then look I'm a fundraiser I'm not a millionaire that gives millions I just collect millions I take it from here and I give it over there what's so special about that there's nothing special about what we do I'm a a delivery guy I do deliveries it's the same as delivering a pizza (laughs) <laughs> so the guy that delivers the pizzas, why is it any different to me collecting a million pounds from here and giving it to someone who he actually belongs to? You know what I mean? It's got nothing to do with us. But in that process, you then learn that mm. it's you get more out of it than definitely the right the right holder or beneficiary, mm. whatever you want to say. That again is another topic. Yeah. Um, but. I know and I see firsthand du'as and reactions and the du'as that people are making for me. And think about this. I am sure that I've reached out now to more than a million people. I've got a million people that make du'a for me. I can say that I've got a million people that make du'a for me. That's what I get out of it. Mm. So who, who's one? You've got food for a week. For a month, I've got a million people making du'a for me. Mm. So I feel like I'm the beneficiary here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Alhamdulillah. Um, okay, so we'll move on to um, a, a lot of people now are looking and deciding which charity or which cause um, to, to fundraise for. How would you guide someone and advise someone who's looking for something to raise for? When people come to me and they want to do something like that, I always ask them what they're passionate about. Mm. What's their passion? And you know, with some people, it's orphans. With some people, it's Syria. With some people, it's Palestine. Some people, it's strictly Bangladesh. And some people, strictly Pakistan. And some people just want to work in Africa. Everybody's different. And there's different things that attract different people. And then there's some things that, for example, somebody's family's been affected in a certain way. They want to do something for that type of cause or that type mm. of disability or whatever. Go with that. Go with that wherever your passion is because then you're going to do it from your heart. Whatever your passion is, whatever it is that you can relate to, that's what I always ask people yeah. to go with. Even if it's not uh, the main thing that we're pushing at the time, I'd rather you go and fundraise for what, what you're going to put your heart and soul into rather than just what, what's given to you at the time. So find that, whatever it might be. And for some people, it's not humanitarian aid. It's probably mental health. It's probably yeah. to do with disability. It's probably, you know, there's so many different sections so, yeah. and sectors, yeah. whichever one, you know, there's so much good to be done is what I'm mm. trying to say. There mm. is so many roads that we can take to, to Jannah, like somebody told me yeah. once. Pick whichever one you've got the love for because that, that mm. you're going to give your all in that one and, and go and, for and, that. And what, what I would say as well is... Um, it, it doesn't even have to be fundraising. You know, you know I, I don't feel like people should be pressured into fundraising. If you've got a skill in something, that could be your fundraising. That could be you're, you're making Allah's something blessed for this. Allah's blessed us all with different skills, bro. Absolutely. Some of us are just good at talking. Like the, what I told you earlier, I got into this whole thing because gift of the gab. I talk too much. And I do. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's the gift of the gab. But look, let's take this point again, what I mentioned earlier. At the club, I was a promoter as well in terms of you have to promote the night that you're putting on and the mm. artists that are performing and stuff like this. I took the same gift that I've got and just applied it somewhere else. I applied it to do good. I applied it for the benefit of the Ummah. And I've got friends that, that um, we used to rap together. We used to have a studio in someone's bedroom. And uh, we used to go there and we used to make some terrible songs. Bro, now that I think about it. But um, my, my friends that are really good at that, now they do spoken word. And yeah. through their spoken word, they're giving dawah to millions of people. Like their videos get some crazy hits, but they didn't have to suppress their talent or whatever that they were uh, blessed with in order mm. to, you know, please Allah or to take into Ramadan. They just switched it up, whatever yeah. it was. And that's how they apply that to the scene. Now, they don't fundraise like me. But they come, they perform at the charity events, they put out videos and they put a charity link at the end of the video and all of this, you know, raises money. I've got a guy right now who cooks, so he does the cooking. I do, I'll stand next to him and through that we'll raise money. We even have yeah. makeup artists uh, recently that will do a makeup masterclass and women pay crazy amounts, by the way, <laughs> to go to these makeup masterclasses. And uh, what she did is she did it and then she donated all the money. Yeah. So look, she didn't fundraise. There's she didn't have to do so a video. She didn't ways. have to stand on stage. She just mm. did what she does every single day. Mm. We had a nine-year-old girl who stood outside with cupcakes, wow. selling them to people because she just well. wanted to do something. So mm. everybody can do something. Everybody's got a role to play. Yeah. And sometimes it's... It's like, I would love it right now. I'm in the office. I would love it if somebody just walked into this office and they said, I don't know how I can help, but I'm ready to help. Exactly. I'd yeah. find them something to do. I just wish more people did that. I mm. think people uh, hold back because they think, what have I got to offer? Or what mm. can I do? Or it so, looks so complicated. Oh no, he can talk on a stage. Or he's got a following so he can raise money. Or he, or he knows this person so Hello, he can bring him is... to perform. Yeah. No, just come, just do whatever you can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Allah's Inshallah. blessed us all with this different gift. Inshallah, so many people can relate to that. Inshallah, yeah, inshallah. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so, um, 
one of the things I wanted to ask is how best can someone do an appeal or do a fundraiser? Um, you know, so they've made the page. How best can someone push that out, either through maybe a video or a a, a tweet or a post? What, what, what's what's the format? The number one thing, and this is not ever mentioned, and I don't know why it's never mentioned. And the people listening to this, they, you know, you you'll know whether you ever heard it or not. But research is the first thing. Mm. Like it's all good picking a cause and having a great intention. But you need to research that topic. If, if you don't understand what's happening to people, how can you truly help them? If you don't understand what the need is, how do you know what to deliver? I've mm. been in refugee camps, unfortunately, my bro, and people don't have food, but so people are driving in with a thousand mattresses. Mm. And then I'm, I'm in another part of the camp where people have got um, you know, uh, loads of food that when we were giving them food, they were saying to us, if you give me any more food, I'll have to sleep outside because my tent's full. But I don't have nothing for hygiene and I don't have clothes. So when needs assessments or when research isn't done, just having that good intention sometimes isn't good enough. Mm. Now that's crazy because you'll hear other people say, all that matters is the good intention. All that matters is the good intention. Unfortunately, it takes a little bit more than that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So the right research and um, the right needs assessments mm. uh, would make the charity seem um, a lot better. So that's the first thing that people need to do. And then identify, that'll give you background on a cause. So if I'm going to fundraise now to you guys watching, I need to know what I'm talking about. But you have to also believe that I know what I'm talking about. How many times have you seen somebody fundraising and it feels like they're either reading from a script mm. or they're saying the same thing that every other person says? Yeah. Or they don't really seem like they're too interested in what they're saying or they don't seem like they fully understand it. Mm. You know what I mean? That's... Great, like I said, the intention's great, but it takes a little bit more. Go and learn about what you're doing. Understand it first, please. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, like in Jordan, I gave a really uh, simple formula to you guys. That formula can be um, applied by anybody. So we've got, let's break this down, yeah, into mm. four parts, yeah? yeah? The first one is in line with the research and the needs assessments we were talking about an understanding of the need and the project and the people as well. Mm. So you got to get the background on the place. You've got to know what you're talking about. This is number one. So you yeah. can tell other people what you're talking about. Yeah. Number two is address the problem. What is the problem? So it's not just I'm doing water wells. Okay, why are you doing water wells? Mm. What, what, why is there a need of water wells? What happens when people don't have water where you're doing your project? What happens when people do have water? How much does their life change? Do you know what I mean? And uh, what do they go through? What struggles are they facing without the water? So you need to know the problem and you need to tell people what the problem is. If you're doing a fundraiser and you're just telling people, hey, uh, I'm raising money and uh, I want you to donate towards these water wells and then people don't donate. And then I've heard people turn around and say, people are stingy, man. People don't give no money, man. My friends didn't give it or this person didn't give it or that person didn't give it. Okay, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe you didn't present it in the right way. Maybe you don't sound believable. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's not always that. Sometimes it's very genuine and maybe your friends are just stingy. That might be the case. <laughs> but the majority of the time, I've found that fundraising and the information that they're giving is just not good enough. Mm. So number one, get that background information sorted, present that, tell people, you know, what you're doing, where you're doing it and why you're doing it there. Second, the problem. If you don't do the water wells, we'll just use water wells as an example. Yeah. If you don't do the water, how does it affect people? Do people die? Do people get disease from drinking the dirty water? Mm. Tell us about the problem. If you don't tell people the problem, they don't know what you're asking for help with. You're just asking for money then. Yeah. Yeah. So the problem and telling people about that is very important. Don't just assume you can ask for money. Yeah. Number three, 
third one is make sure that if when you're presenting this problem that you also have the solution so we've got background we've got problem number three solution solution yeah what is the solution and do you have the solution because there's no use fundraising if you don't have the solution you can talk about water wells and and whatnot but if you don't have the solution then people aren't going to donate. So you have to make very clear to people what the solution is. So by now, even in your head, you can hear this almost, this this fundraising segment coming together. <laughs> the guy's talking about the background. He's mm. telling you about the area, the difficulties they go through, the problems when they don't have water, the dangers of going to get the water, the water's really far. Uh, women get taken advantage of in certain areas because the water so far, uh, people lose their lives from the disease that's in the water, the dirty water, contaminated, whatever it might be. Okay, but we've got the solution. We're doing water wells and we're doing them. We're digging them so deep that mm. it gets to the to the clean water and it's so deep that the water well, it's not going to dry up anytime soon. It's a long-term solution. Yeah. You're showing people that you do have the solution. In fact, if you don't have the solution, you shouldn't even be doing the fundraiser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So and then there's, there's, then there's the final step, right? And then the final step is the call to action go watch fundraising videos and look at how many of them miss this call to action. It's all good. You've done the background. You've done the problem. You've done the solution. Okay. What do you want from the person? Yeah. What do you want them to do now? Do you want them to go online and donate? Do you want them to come into your office? Do you want them to pick up the phone and call you? Uh, what is your call to action? You've mm. got to make that very, very, very clear. There's no use presenting all of this cause, but they're not giving people a way that they can do something about it. And we have to make it easy for people. Do you know what I mean? So we yeah. often have sort of an online donation link, a phone number to call, a drop-off point for cash, a PayPal account, or whatever it is. We've got to make it easy for people as well. Mm, now, these definitely. four things combined, it's literally that simple. If some, anybody wants to write that down, background, problem, solution, call to action. Now, the beautiful thing about this is if you remember that formula in your head, you can go onto a stage or you can go onto a live stream or you can go in front of an audience and you just start talking and you know in your speech you're going to cover everything. How many times has somebody wanted to fundraise or you want to ask someone for donations and you're like, uh, uh, and you don't exactly know what to say and then you think, oh, I forgot to say this. I forgot yeah. to say that. I should have said this. I could have said that. When you've got a formula in your head and you're used to using it, you'll just naturally come out with it because your head as a fundraiser will naturally, and you can use this on TV, you can use it on radio, on social media posts, on talking on stage, on live streams, whatever, because naturally you're then going, okay, background, problem, solution, mm. call to action, and, and your appeal's done. Yeah, and I have to say, since that Jordan deployment, any video that I've posted on social media to do with fundraising, I've used that layout uh, and it, even if you look back, you'd be, you'd be able to spot it. Um, so yeah. alhamdulillah, it's helped so much. It helped everyone on the deployment as yeah. well. I'll see, you, um, yeah, I'll tell you another quick uh, thing really quick. Go on, go on. You got 30 seconds, one minute for me, yeah? I'll yeah, talk go really on. fast. When we were younger, there used to be this Jamaican man who used to um, live on uh, our road and he was a mu musician. And he was able to just sit there and make up songs, bro. Like he would freestyle and freestyle. write songs about anything. So yeah. we were kids and we were like, how do you write songs? Like even now, people, if I asked you to write a song, where would you start? And okay, you've got the first line. What's the second one? What's the? How would you keep going and going? This is what we couldn't understand. So he, he made us look at his house and he says, describe this to me. And we sat there and all of us gave very similar answers. He says, okay, it's, um, it's got windows. It's got doors. It's um, got a, a roof. Um, you've got some flowers in your garden. And it was very simple. And he says, look, you know this house, let me just talk about the windows for a second to you. He says, the windows, when it's cold, I close the window so it gets warm. And when it's, uh, when it's warm, I open the window so to let the cool air in. When I look out the window, uh, I can see uh, who's outside and people from outside, they can see in. And sometimes I have to clean these windows and looking through these windows, I've got a memory of 
the first time that I saw this and it reminds me of my kids and my family. And he broke down. He started talking, 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 talking. And he was just talking about Windows. And he says, that, look, this is how you write a song and you put a song together is you don't talk about the obvious, but you take each individual thing and you start talking about that in detail. Like you mm-hmm. can talk about the windows, you can talk about the doors, you can talk about just the house in general. Like we're not just talking about a house here. We're talking safety, security, family, your memories, luxury, you know, Eid, uh, your birthdays, mm-hmm. uh, growing up, your childhood, your parents, your brother, your sister, uh, your highs, your lows, the good times, the bad times, relatives, parties. Oh my God, how many things just from this house? But what were we saying? We were just saying, oh, it's got windows, it got, it's got doors. So what I took from that, I know this is like, where is this going? But I applied that same thing to the charity scene. So when you are picking a topic, please don't go and just say, this is a food pack People are hungry. We need to and just give them the food pack. You mm. can break this down in so many different ways. Oh, this is an orphan. He needs sponsoring. His parents have died. Okay, that would make some people donate. But let's talk about the safety of this orphan. Let's talk about if this was your daughter, would you leave her outside on the street for one night without a roof on her head with all these strange men about in a refugee camp? You wouldn't. You mm. could talk just on the angle of safety. And people would sponsor this orphan. If you mentioned nothing else, you could speak just about education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people would sponsor this orphan because of that reason. You could speak about hunger and people. There's so many different ways that you can take it. It's not just here's an orphan. His parents have passed away. Her parents have passed away. Sponsor. No, as a fundraiser, you need to always have something different. Well, how do you do it day in, day out, year in, year out, and compete with what everybody else is saying as well? Find something different. Take a different approach. Think about that house. Break it down. Windows, the doors, whether it's food, water, safety, security, take a different angle. Make your appeal different. Say things that other people aren't talking about. Mm. Use something else that stands out. There's so many different things. And you know what? Think about it. Take one of them. People are so creative. If they did spend some time thinking about it, you can imagine the ideas and the and the what people would come out with uh, that will drive yeah. those donations. Inshallah. There's so um, many. Don't limit yourself, guys. Use those two examples, if anything. The four-point formula and the house. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so, alhamdulillah, we, we've spoken about how best to do an appeal and fundraise, you know, using the, the four points um and the wait what did you what did you mention after the it was the four points and the house yes <laughs> well, I, need, I need i need i need a name for that uh formula yeah well, i just call it the house <laughs> four points in the house uh the reason why i forgot is because we've taken a slight break um it's not that i've got bad memory okay um so you've got your page you've done your appeal it's raising money, alhamdulillah. Um, what I've noticed, and I think it would be very, really, really good to speak about is comparing yourself to other people that are doing their fundraisers. So I've seen people even get down because they've raised a hundred pound, whereas someone has raised a thousand pound. They've raised 500 pound, whereas someone has raised 10,000 pound. And you know, they're saying, they're thinking, they're thinking less of themselves and they're thinking, ah, oh, if only. Um, how, how, do we, how do we get rid of that thought? How do we control that? Have you, you ever know, been in that situation as well? That's, you, that would be know, a good question. Be- believe me or not, I've never been in that situation. Wow. I, I, I genuinely do not care. And mm. so, <laughs> sometimes people think that I just don't care enough and I should care a bit more about <laughs> it. But I genuinely do not care and I don't mean this in a bad way like oh I don't Mm. care what you're doing only what I uh, do matters I don't mean it like that I mean like we're all working for the same cause here you know what I mean and when somebody else does well I genuinely get happy it's Mm. like you smashed it bro like you're feeding like a thousand people there Mm -hmm. all right cool you know what this is motivation if anything but 
you know, again, I'm going to have to give you an example, man. I was a young kid. I was in Pakistan. We yeah. were on this horse and carriage thing, yeah? And we were going to the city center to do our shopping. But the horse had this thing on its eyes, bro. Have you ever seen it? Where it's covered like this. Have you not? Uh, have a look at... What, um, goggles? Not goggles, but if you go on even on YouTube or, or, or something, <laughs> what, what you'll see with horses that are like pulling carriages and stuff like this is they have this thing that covers their eyes like this. That tunnel vision. Yeah, so like you, I was like, what goggles? Like, what, what, why, why has that horse got that? Now it's because these horses that are pulling the carriage, and you know, it was like it was like a rickshaw. You know, what I mean, yeah. back in them days, mm-hmm. they're on this road with uh, bikes and with cars and whatnot. And if you put a horse on that road and it can see them, it's it's gonna get scared. It's not gonna go in a straight line. It's gonna crash this way. It's gonna crash that way. You might even turn around and go the other way. So when its eyes are covered like this, it can only see. What's straight forward? It's not distracted by anything. So there can be motorbikes, there can be Lamborghinis and Ferraris that are faster than this horse. There can mm. be Jeeps that are bigger than this horse. And there can be cars that are, you know, more horsepower than the horse. <laughs> I run out of examples. But the horse doesn't care because the horse has a job to do and the horse isn't looking at what you're doing and it isn't looking at what you're doing. It's looking straight ahead. And it's mm. giving everything to just what it's doing and there's no distractions. We need to take the example of, of, of the horse there, <laughs> as funny as it sounds. But take yeah. the example of the horse, man. When it mm. comes down to this and you want to concentrate, if, if, if you're finding it hard to firstly, if it's making you feel some sort of way, then okay. You want to re-sort of think about why you're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Actually sit there and and think about why you're doing it. And if you see somebody that's doing well or doing better than you, if you think raising more money than someone means doing better than you, then make dua for that person. Yeah. Mm. But the main thing is intention, man. Like uh, um, It falls back to that, doesn't it? Giving, you know... Ten pound with the with the right intention, or raising ten pound with the right intention, is worth so much more than raising a thousand pounds with the wrong intention. Mm. And yeah, we can't see it right now, but I guess that comes down to a matter of fate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, man, concentrate on what you're yeah. doing. Look straight forward. Be like a horse. Yeah, for for, for me, I see it as it's not a competition but it spurs me on so if i see people yeah if i see people raising a lot of money i know i can do that or i can try to do that as well yeah it's possible exactly exactly so i i can try do that as well uh and and i'm happy for them of course um but obviously some people like will have a bigger platform or you know able to raise a bigger amount just because of maybe who they are, the following that they have, the people around them. Um, and and that's, I, I don't think that's anything to be upset about. Um, oh. I, 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 it, it's just, I, I find it upsetting when I see people get upset. That makes yeah. sense? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just, they might it's just, be raising about... two, two times more than you or five times more than you, but their following and their network is 10 times bigger than yours. Do you mm. know what I mean? And look, Allah has not asked us to save the world or to be Superman or to raise a million pounds or to break records. All Allah has asked from us is just share your blessings. Do you know what I mean? And like we spoke about earlier, we're all blessed in different ways. Are you mm. doing, are you, are you using whatever you're blessed with to benefit the Ummah? And as long as you can say that you are and mm. you're giving it, you're giving it your all. That's all that matters. The one line yeah. that I always say to people is in this charity scene you have to give more than money you have to give your heart that's when the difference is made so it doesn't matter how much a person raised or how much they gave how much of their heart did they give and how Mm. much of your heart did you give that's what you should be measuring Mm. and that one there you 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 should feel some way about it with the money no don't feel no way about that they raise Mm. more and you raise less okay fine but if they're giving a hundred percent of their heart and you're giving 20 percent of yours then yo you need to check that's the problem you need to look Mm. in the mirror yeah Yeah. so that's what we should be working on yeah 
very, very good point. That's that's what we should be comparing. You know, our, our intentions and our, how how much effort we're we're willing to put in for our causes. Inshallah. Um, so yeah, I I think that's uh, yeah. I, I I wanted to talk about as well. Oh no, actually, yeah, this is a good a good point. Um, a lot of us now, again, because we're raising money during Ramadan we might get bogged down with constantly looking at how much we've raised, right? Not forget comparing, forget comparing now. We just keep looking like it's a, like a game, you know, notifications and, oh, you know how like some people show off with their Snapchat, they've got 15 notifications. We want to just keep seeing more donations, more donations, right? <laughs> is, that, is that healthy, first of all? Um, I, I think it comes down to the individual because <laughs> I've caught myself doing that, but I'm obsessed with what I do. That's the thing. When you're obsessed with what you do, you are going to do stuff like that. Like for me, it's my everything. It's my life. Other people are constantly checking the football score. My friends, when I'm around them, even when the team's not playing, they're checking something. This guy did this in training. This guy ate this today. This guy was on this show. This guy wears this shoe all the time. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what they're obsessed with. Me, I'm obsessed with seeing people's reactions when we change their life. Like, I'm obsessed with that. I'm literally obsessed with changing people's life. I'm addicted to it. Once you get that feeling of going somewhere and transforming a life, transforming a family, then transforming a village, a community, an entire area, bro, it becomes obsessive, man. (laughs) You get addicted to it, yeah? And someone like me, I catch myself doing that. But I think I do it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I think I do it as in, you know, okay, yeah, I've done that. I'm motivating myself. Yeah, I need to keep going. I need to go. It's on my mind all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. But like everything else in life, you have to give yourself a break. The thing about this charity scene is so many people come into it as staff or as a volunteer and they go hard for a year, bro. And then you mm-hmm. don't see them again. Mm-hmm. People will be able, like, just think of people that you know. You'll see these examples. Or it'll be one project. It'll be one cause. It'll be one Ramadan. It'll be one summer. And they burn themselves out, bro. They go all out with something. And they stress over it. And they keep looking. And they're comparing. And they're doing that. And they put themselves off. Mm -hmm. This thing is about longevity. It's about longevity. You've got to pace yourself If you saw, and I'm talking to people that are watching this, if you saw what I've seen and you heard what I've heard and you've been in the situations that I'm in, you'd find it hard to sleep at night. I promise you, you'd find it hard to eat. You'd find it hard to sometimes even smile you'll start to feel guilty about being happy because there is so much pain and suffering in the world that we're sheltered from that we just don't even know about. And you don't even have to go to the other side of the world. Just in London, what people are going through, poverty or different situations that people are in, struggles and difficulties, just that alone, if you could see it, it would blow your mind, let alone the atrocities that are happening in Syria, in Palestine, in Kashmir, in Iraq. If you went to these places and you saw what actually happens, there's no fundraiser, there's no news channel, there's no newspaper, there's no YouTube video that can show you exactly the truth. That, 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 that feeling there, it will, it's sometimes too much to handle. And if you don't prepare yourself and know that to make a difference, you've got to do this, not just one off, not just don't jump straight into the deep end and then drown. Now, man, you've got to learn to 
crawl before you can mm. walk and walk before you can run and run before you can fly. And you've got to take it easy. That's another thing, another tip that I have to give, man. Don't get too lost in it. Yeah. In the comparing or even the thing that I do where you keep looking at what the page is on or what mm. you've raised and whatnot. I, alhamdulillah, feel like I'm able to do it. And that's for certain reasons. But I'm a professional in this field. Remember, this is a big difference as well. I've got training. I've got people that I speak to and we have ways of dealing with things, things that we've seen and heard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to pace yourself, man. You, mm. You've got to take it easy. If you're really going to make a difference, don't just come in, burn yourself out, get put off and then never ever come back again. No, yeah. just take it easy and just look, no one can save everyone, but everyone can help someone. And as long as you're doing that, don't go and try and do too much. Just play your part. And like I said, give your heart. And as long as you're giving your heart and not overdoing it, you should be able to do this for a longer time. And if you're doing it for a longer time, for the rest of your life, and you work and you give your zakat, just think about how much that totals up to over a lifetime. You're doing your bit, and that's what's expected from us. At the end of the day, Allah's the sustainer. It's 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 nothing special we're doing. Like if we wanted to feed everybody today, that would happen like this. Yeah. It's really, really that simple. That's not us. Remember that this is just our test. Remind yourself, this is just our test. Mm -hmm. We had recently a distribution. It might have been when you were there, actually, on that deployment. I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. We, yeah, we yeah, asked we one there. of the brothers, yeah. um, why do you feel like you're in the situation that you're in? And he says, because Allah wants to see what you're going to do about it. SubhanAllah. What a... Oh. Uh, it, it really hit home with everybody, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was so, that yeah. as well as, you know, that that is so powerful. But a lot of people said, you know, Alhamdulillah, the, you know, the people in, in Jordan, the Syrian refugees, they said, Alhamdulillah, we know our test. Yeah. Do you know yours? Do you know yours? SubhanAllah. You know, yeah, it's uh, yeah, crazy. But I guess your advice there about not burning out making sure we're doing our bit without going so far that we lose ourselves. You know, we, we've still got families. We've still got a, a life here to protect. Um, I, I know we, the actual question was just, oh, scrolling and looking at the numbers too long, but things can escalate. Um, may Allah protect us, inshallah. Amen. So um, that's, that's all the questions that I want to go through. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, may Allah... Uh, reward all the people that are doing Ameen. fundraising during the Ameen. month of Ramadan. May Allah allow us to continue even after Ramadan to have that charitable arm in our lives. Um, but Ameen. speaking on charity, I am raising money to build a mosque in Ghana. Um, and uh, it is with Human Relief Foundation. And that, that makes me happy, bro. That makes me so happy just hearing <laughs> that because... Ghana's my favorite country in the whole world. No way. And I've been I've been everywhere. You know, previous to my charity work and just on the side, like my passion is traveling. Yeah. I've literally been all around the world. Yeah. And Alhamdulillah, I'm blessed to be able to do that. But Ghana is my favorite country in the entire world. And it's because of the people there are falling in love with them. Like mm. it's so free of propaganda and of the stress and of the expectations and of what here we feel like the standards are or what we think it's cool or this Instagram life and all of that is so <laughs> free of all of that. And I go there and I'm at so much at peace and I'm with happy people and we have such a great time together and they give me so much love. And it's just the my favorite place to be. I, yeah. I, I think it's the most religious country that I've been to as well. Wow. People find that shocking, but the Muslims are very Muslim because they're mm. going out their way to stay Muslim, bro. Like they're mm. hanging on to their deen because of certain things that are happening where uh, certain groups are going out and offering them sort of things to change their religion. Um, yeah. This is a separate topic, but um, <laughs> it's my favorite country and I know the need there. I've gone to places where people are praying, crying, wishing and dreaming for a masjid 
And I'm not saying this because you're doing it. I'm not gassing you up, bro. This is, I've sat with these people and their dream in life, like ask me, I'm going to tell you that I want a Lamborghini or I want a big house with a swimming pool or something. Like for me, that's the thing. I swear I've asked people there what you want and they, they, they say it with so much excitement. Oh, a masjid. Like imagine we had a masjid in our village because there just ain't anything off the soap. Do you know what I mean? And for yeah. them, they, they, they love Islam, bro. They love their religion. They love their deen. And when they see someone, a sinner like me, you should see their reaction. I went to a village and the entire village, two to three hundred people came out on the streets and they started crying. And I'm looking around like, what did I do wrong or, or what is it? Why are people crying? Bro, they came up to me. They started to kiss my hands. I felt so ashamed and embarrassed when I found out the reason why. They were telling me we've learned about Islam. We've learned about descriptions of prophets and about Sahaba. And I was wearing a white tobe. My, I've got long hair, if you can't already <laughs> see. My hair's open and I've got a beard. What does that look like? It looks like the stories that they've been told. And the first time that they had seen a Middle Eastern looking person with long hair, with a beard, in a white coat, it broke them, bro. Because these are the stories that they grew up on. And this is the first time that they'd seen something like that. They were asking me if I'm from the Prophet's family. They're saying, because you look like this, you, you are what we've imagined. Look how much they love, they love their religion, bro. And this one particular man, very old, he just kept, he didn't let go off my hands. And you know, when he obviously have to get it translated what they're saying, but he was saying to me, and this is from an old man, bro. He's saying to me, I wish my dad and my granddad got to meet you. I wish my dad and my granddad got to meet you. Because to him, it was like almost a blessing. He don't know what man's really like or who he's about from Birmingham. But <laughs> he's thinking that this is some, you know, some, this, this, it's a symbol of his religion. You understand? Mm. So something like a masjid, bro, over there where there isn't one, the village were putting their money together, giving it to one person, and he would leave the village to go to the city to get an Islamic education, come back, and then have to teach the rest of the village. And they'd all contribute towards this. This is what it meant to them. And like I mentioned before, there's a whole bunch of people out there, bro, that spend two, three years. They get sent there from different countries. They spend two or three years there. This is how dedicated they are. And they go from village to village and they offer them things to sell their religion, to denounce Islam. They offer them food. They offer them clean water. They offer them education. They offer them all of these things to let go of the Islam. And the people don't want to let go. This is why it's important that me and you go there. This is why we have to take the masjids there. Because if we don't take the masjids there, somebody else is taking something else there, bro. If things carry on right now, look, go and like I said, research this. If things carry on the way that they are in that country, and I can't remember the exact uh, figures, so I don't want to quote it, but there's X amount of years that I read, and I'm sure it was under 50 years. If things continue the way that they are, there'll be no Muslims there. This is why it's so important, education. And by education, I mean the schools and the masjids, bro. You are not just donating towards a mosque where somebody can go and pray five times a day. You're donating to the future of Islam in that country. And this is not a fundraising speech. I'm not trying to give you that one line like, whoa, that's deep, bro. I swear this is the honest truth. This is reality. This is what's happening. You are not just donating to a piece of cloth that somebody's going to bow down on. That's not what's happening. People are trying to hold on to their deen. This is what you're giving them. You're also saying to them that we're with you. Mm. Here's hope. Okay, here we're the ummah. Okay, here's brotherhood. We've got this blessing of being able to walk into a mosque on every street corner, bro, mm. where I'm from, or even where you're from. You know what I'm saying? And they just don't have that. Mm. It's down to us to make that difference. Subhanallah. <sighs> Do you know what else comes with a masjid, by the way? Water comes with a masjid. 
And the Does villages it? where we're building, yeah, obviously, come on. Well, I didn't know that. You gotta go there, you gotta make wudu. Now, oh, yeah, of course. It doubles up, it doubles up as a center for people to come and collect water as well. Mm. You're not just putting a masjid in a village, you're putting the yeah. water source into that village as well. Need to change my video now, inshallah. But yeah, inshallah, 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 we can we can raise this amount and we can we can go out to Ghana to Tamale and and inshallah. see see the finished product, see the masajid, and and speak to the people and and show you guys where your donation is going. I think that's one of the most important thing about the charity sector is you know all these people donating during the month of Ramadan. It is a duty to the charities as well as the people that's collecting the money. Where is that money going? And and they need to show that. So inshallah, we will be able to do that. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna change your life. The experience inshallah. of opening the masjid opening mm. and you seeing the people's reaction to it. I've done a few of these, and mm. um, it's emotional as anything. And it's it, I think it it just changed you as a person. Inshallah. So I, I'm thinking, you know, it might take me maybe a year to raise the amount. So no problem. Inshallah, Whatever it takes, it's, it's, it's such a worthy cause, bro. And it stays there. That yeah. masjid stays there and it goes on and on yeah, yeah. and on. Yeah. When it comes to giving charity, like people give it to, to, to reap the rewards. What better reward is there, bro? Sadka Jariya. You're not, you're not just giving people water. Go just look into the rewards of giving people water. Then yeah, go into yeah. education. Then look at the rewards of building a masjid. There's so many of these things that come together. It's such an amazing project. I want to give you one other piece of advice, yeah, for fundraising. When's the best time of year that charities fundraise? Ramadan. Okay, Ramadan. Yeah. So why do people get more poor in Ramadan? Why do people get more poor during Ramadan? Yeah, why do people get more poor in Ramadan? Because people are giving more money. Mm. So is it because people have become poorer? I, wait, wait, wait. What is your question? Is your question regular people? People give the most money in yeah. Ramadan. Yeah. Loads so, of people give money. Yes. Are they giving that money because in the month of Ramadan, people become more poor? No, more they needy? want... So no. why are they doing it? They uh, the month of Ramadan is is a month, you know. They we're getting closer to our Deen, closer to Allah, and a way of getting closer to Allah is by giving sadaqah, is by giving your zakat, and that's why people are doing, donating way more. Exactly that, donating way more because why they're doing it for themselves. So when it comes to fundraising, why do people always concentrate on they're needy, they're hungry, they're poor, they're starving? open up a whole new sector of fundraising and tell people why they should donate because of what they need. You need this. It's not always about presenting that cause over there. What about this cause over here? This is a cause. I am a cause. Why are we limiting ourselves to that? There's three reasons yeah, that you can push this through. Okay, the people over there on that side. Yeah? Yourself. Why do you need it? And then thirdly, purely for the sake of Allah, ask yourself this question, people. When's the last time that you did something purely for the sake of Allah? Not because you felt sorry for someone and not because there was a need for you. But the third one, which is purely for the sake of Allah, the Sahaba, they didn't have the fundraiser telling them to go and do something or the YouTube video telling them to go and do something. And they didn't do it for the the fame or, or, mm. or, you know, for the clout. Why did they do it? They did it for that third reason, which mm. is purely for the sake of Allah. Mm. So let's not miss out on these. When it comes to fundraising, stop always talking about that poor person, that needy person. Remember that you are also that poor person and that needy person. Remind people of that. And now you've got two reasons to give. So the first time they donated to you, if they did it because of the poor person, the second time they donate to you, get them to donate because they need it. They need it. This is how you can expand on fundraising by helping people to... Look, you're not conning them. You're bringing them to a realization. Mm. Like there's definitely going to be at least one person that now watches this video and says, you know what? I never thought of that. 
It's a whole new world. A whole new world. Right. Um, so uh, that is, I think we've gone almost an hour. Uh, inshallah, people can can listen to all of this because it is so beneficial. Yeah. Inshallah. I'll come with that. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, that is. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm off to drop some food. Um, so yeah, inshallah, uh, that is the end of the episode. Um, please let us know if you enjoy it. Make sure you follow and subscribe to all of our channels. And do you want to shout out anything, Muslim? I, I want to say the topics that we spoke about, bro. I didn't do them justice. Um, the fundraising and everything because of our time limit. Mm. So um, there's so much more to talk about. So we should do it again sometime. Inshallah. And go Inshallah. into a bit more detail with things. I'd love knowledge. it. I'd love it. I'd love yeah. it. Inshallah. All right, and, 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 and hopefully face to face as well. Yes, definitely. Hundred percent. Look forward to it. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. We'll see you. Alaikum salam. Take care, Thank bro. You.